How's everyone? So good to see you guys. So good to worship with you, Aaron. God bless you. God bless you. Can we just bless Aaron? Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow, wow, wow. So good to see all of you. Welcome. If you, for the first time, welcome, welcome. It's, uh, it's uh, great to be here with you, worshiping our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and all of you that are online, um, welcome also. Um, uh, Haney was going to be here, actually, called me last minute, and uh, Taniel, uh, Silva's dad, has uh, was admitted to the hospital last night. He has an infection, so I just wanted to just lift up a prayer for him right now. So, Father God, in Jesus' name. Lord, we just pray and we, we, uh, we command, in your name, we command healing upon Taniel. Lord, we ask that you just give him peace and comfort with the presence of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, let this infection be flushed out, yeah. immediately flushed out upon your word. Lord, all you need to do is just give the word and we, we co-labor with that word. We stand with you with that, in that word. And we say, be healed, Daniel, be healed, be made well, completely well, in Jesus' name. And we pray, uh, refreshing upon Haney, he was there at the hospital most of the night, probably all night, and got home very late. And uh, so I'm here with you today. Bless you guys. All right, so um, quick word of prayer for that. Lord, um, just ask that you open the floodgates of your word, that you open yourself your open heavens open your presence lord so that what we hear lord not just be not be my words but your words lord in jesus name i submit myself to the moving of the holy spirit as you direct the words for your precious ones to hear today lord in jesus name i ask all right so i've, I've got uh something that is swimming in my heart I'm swimming in it, and uh, I exposed my cell group to it on Friday. I'm just going to continue that theme. I hope it's okay with you guys. It's, it's going to be a little bit of a double dose, but for those of us, even myself, there's, I'm sure, uh, I open my mouth sometimes, and, and I say, say things, and, and I, I'm even surprised that some, sometimes what the Lord says through me. Uh, I, I don't know if that's happened to you, but I say it, and then I just go, you know, what I just said, I didn't even know that before. It's happened so many times that, that the Holy Spirit, as you open yourself, that the Holy Spirit just speaks revelation in, even into yourself. So um, I just wanted to open up a subject that has to do with the kingdom of heaven. Okay? Uh, when, when Jesus came, uh, really the first words of his ministry was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But before that point all the way to his birth, there's a process that we, we are witness of, that we actually watch as it's unfolding. It's happening, and then boom, he's on the scene, his ministry is just exploded. Uh, he, he begins by, by declaring the kingdom of God being at hand, near, and then he begins to work, he begins to work. He be so what happens all of this before? I wanna say that it's not just a story about Jesus. It is your story. It's my story. We watch Jesus, not just so that this, there's this good teacher, prophet of God, that sets something up in history that we now go back and study. 
everything that Jesus did is an example for us. We do the same. We follow him. There are one, there's, there's certain things that I would say maybe just one thing that Jesus did that none of us can follow is that atonement for the sin of mankind. No one could do that. But the eternal son of God made flesh because he was completely sinless and he was appointed from the foundation of the world to take on the sin of mankind. No one else could do that but Jesus. But everything else, everything else, he expects for us to follow. How? One, there's three things. There's one, that he was sinless. He was in the right relationship with the Father and full of the Holy Spirit. All of those you can have. Sinless, right relationship with the Father, full of the Holy Spirit. Those are for you. Jesus set the example, but he didn't say that I'm going to do it, you can't. He came, he did it, so that you can follow. And he opened the way. So from the day that he was actually declared, um, as Mary was declared as having conceived, until he exploded onto the scene, all of that story is your story. So I'm going to just go through it little by little. And every time you see him in the picture of your eye, in, in picture of your mind, you, when you see him, picture yourself there. That's your story. It's found in Matthew chapter 1. And it's, it's a good thing. It's in the New Testament. It's really, really the beginning of the New Testament. And everything from then on is your story, I would say. It starts with the genealogy of the book of Jesus. He says, Matthew 1 verse 1, the book of genealogy, and he goes on from there. But I want to start from verse 20. Okay, Verse 20 in Matthew reads like this. He says, um, so let me just put a little bit of a background. So um, Mary was a young virgin girl that was betrothed to Joseph. They hadn't been married yet, but they had been engaged. So she was promised to Joseph to be his wife, but before they could come together as husband and wife, she was found to be with child, which created a huge uproar in the family, right? So, so now Joseph, who is the, uh, the, the fiance, uh, is wondering all of these things. What am I going to do? Am I going to put her away secretly? All of these things that he was thinking about, this is what happened. So, but while Joseph thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord, verse 20, appeared to him in a, in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Your story. That which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. That's the beginning seed of faith, of when you believe in God and when you believe and you say that even when you say, Lord, I don't know how I can believe. Just help me believe. 
I'm open to believing in Jesus Christ. That faith is the seed that is from the Holy Spirit that begins to grow in you. That means that what is true of Mary could also be also true of you. That which is born, that which is conceived in you is of the Holy Spirit. He put it there. All you had to do was just be willing. And he planted the seed. So from the time that Jesus was conceived in the Virgin Mary, he is born, he grows, and we follow the story as we go through. He says, uh, <coughs> um, actually, let me just stop for a second. There's also a declaration. I'm fast forwarding a little bit, but I want to uh, say it now, and then I'll come back to it a little bit later. Um, it is declared that Jesus, who would be born, would be called Emmanuel. That word Emmanuel is God with us. That is your story. Everywhere you go, you carry the presence of God. You are Emmanuel. Not just Jesus. By virtue of the fact that you carry the Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit in you, over you, wherever you go, you are Emmanuel. Let that soak in for a second. You are Emmanuel. I wanted to say that. So in John chapter 1, he also says this, verse 12. He reads uh, um, verse 12 and 13. Here it says, uh, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, but of the will of nor of the will of man, but of God. That means that there is a possibility that even though you have been born of, in the flesh by, uh, by human parents, by the will of God, you can be born of God. It's no longer, you are no longer just a human being, but you are a child of God. When you receive this seed of faith, of believing in Jesus Christ, you become Emmanuel, God with us. You become the carrier of the seed. You become in Christ. You walk with Christ. That means that there's nothing that Jesus did you cannot do. Let that soak in. Everything that Jesus did, you can do. Except for that one thing that I mentioned in the beginning is atone for the sins of mankind. Everything else is apportioned to you because you are walking with Christ. Now, let's keep going from there. What do we see? <clears throat> so, the story follows from there. Jesus grows. He is now 30 years old. He comes to the uh, waters of baptism. Right? So, in those days, the, the tradition was that uh, a, a Jewish boy, you know, in the priesthood, the Levitical priesthood, he could not enter into ministry until he was 30. So I, I, I have this thing that, you know, the baptism of Jesus was the day after his birthday. If we knew what that day was, we would know when his birthday exactly was. Because as soon as he hit 30, he knew what he needed to do. He entered into ministry. But this is what he did. He knew what his calling was. 
and he came to be baptized. Now, we know about baptism, we consider it to be kind of a, like a, a, a gateway into the rest of the faith. You believe, you're baptized, and then the rest of the time, is uh, it, the, the rest of your walk is according to that. But what is, what is baptism? Jesus was baptized. We're baptized. But before these baptisms, John the Baptist came and he started to say that, you know, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And people would repent and be baptized. In other words, he was baptizing sinners. But Jesus wasn't a sinner. But the nation of Israel knew that there is a significant reason. There's a significant need here. And they all went to him. They knew in their, in their stories or whatever Sunday school or synagogue school they had gone to, they knew the importance of baptism. Moses had brought the children of Israel out of Egypt through the Red Sea. Noah had been through the waters of baptism similar to ours, like the world was drowned and, and he was saved through the waters. So they knew the stories. And so when John came and he said, you have to be baptized, everyone went to him. But why Jesus? He had no sin. And for that reason, when he came to be baptized by John, John tried to prevent him. He says, what are you doing here? I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus' words are astonishing. He said, let it be so. For so it is right for us to fulfill all righteousness. Now there's this word. Baptism is righteousness. What if your baptism, remember I said that this is your story, what if your baptism wasn't just a baptism where you're repenting of your sins, but you're actually fulfilling righteousness? What is necessary, similar to what Jesus did, that draws another part of the story out. When the children of Israel had been taken out of Egypt. They went through a portion of the wilderness. They came to the Red Sea. The Egyptians didn't like that at all. They chased after them. And they came right up to the waters, the Israelites did, and the Israelites pressed in right behind them. They were terrified. Even though the fire, the pillar of fire was there and, and, and blocked the way, they were terrified. And Moses says these words, astonishing words. Now, this is your story. I'm going to remind you again and again so that it, it, it's like it sinks in deep. This is your story of what baptism signifies in your life. Listen, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he has accomplished for you today. Just before I go on to the rest of it. Egypt was a type of the world. So now as, as Christians you are taken out of the world into a new kingdom. That's what the story is. So, but the world chases hard after you. So when I read the word Egypt, Egyptian, remember the world. Okay, so... Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians... Whom you see today, you shall see no more forever. 
baptism waters cuts you off from an old kingdom and translates you into a new kingdom. You don't belong to that one anymore. But you belong to the new. And you will not see the old anymore because your eyes now see the new. Unless you are born again, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now with the seed of faith in you that you have confessed that I want to believe in Jesus Christ. That seed that is in you, the Lord has now brought you to the waters of baptism. Many of you have been baptized. If you are going to be baptized next week, I really, really encourage you to come. It's a glorious time where this story unfolds in a person's life, right? It really is going to be a beautiful time. You will see the world no more, forever. So Jesus had that disposition. It was what he was doing. He was declaring that he is not of the world. I'm going to fulfill righteousness because from this moment forward, I am going all about the kingdom. Nothing about the world, all about the kingdom. And that into the water out was the death and the resurrection that he would experience not three, day, not three years later. And that's exactly what he had taken on from the time he understood as a child. He knew what he had to do. And so the fulfillment of the righteousness was the declaration that my life is a life of dying and of resurrection. And that's your story. Don't think for a minute that you can improve this world with your smarts, with your success, with none of that. Your only success in the kingdom of heaven is through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and nothing else. Because that's the only place significant power exists. Everything else is worldly, it dies. And so put it to death, put it to the grave, put it there so that everything that is of resurrection, of Jesus, can now shine forth. That's what Jesus did in his resurrection, or in, in his baptism. Immediately comes up out of the water. Now we're seeing the supernatural take shape. And I, I want to focus on this word supernatural a little bit. Christianity is not a philosophy where you sit in, in, a, in, in some square and you debate pe with people. It's not a religion where you compare point by point by point by point. Is this good? Is this good? My religion is better than yours. Your religion is better. But there was a religion here that's even better than this one. Oh yeah, Jesus went to India. Oh, that drives me nuts. It, he, he did all of this and now we're seeing all of this mishmash of different religions introduced into Christianity. Oh yeah, we see the root of this over here. We, no, 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 no. Jesus is the author of them all. He's the author. There is no religion on this earth that doesn't take some example from Christ. Let me be bold in saying that. There is no religion on the earth that precedes Jesus. None. So now he opens up something further. It's not a debate 
of religions, a debate of philosophies. It is a walk with God himself in the Holy Spirit. Jesus was born of the Spirit, right? Virgin birth. He had no earthly father. He had the Holy Spirit from the day he was conceived. Yet, it was still necessary for him through the baptism to come out and have the Holy Spirit descend on him just like he will for you. When you walk this, now the Holy Spirit descends on him. It says in, in, in Matthew 3.16, When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descend like a dove and stay on him. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that is your story. If we have stopped short, believed in Jesus, great. Been baptized, great. Now I'm living my life the best that I can, trying to figure out if there's a debate on this point in Christianity, on this point, try to uh, have an answer to somebody who challenges me on this. You've stopped short. Because the real life, in the, the, the real power in this life is in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit descending upon you from then on you walking a supernatural life. Because even Paul said, it is not in word, but in power that Christ is demonstrated. And every one of us can do that. You think you're not, I'm not smart enough to debate. You don't need to be. Because Paul himself said, a, a, a great man like Paul who had so much learning, so much education. I determined to know nothing among you but Christ and him crucified. Hallelujah. And power followed him. Does power follow you? This is your story. Where have you stopped short? Let's keep going. As soon as the Holy Spirit descends, what happens? Heavens open. A declaration of an awesome identity upon Christ. Heavens were opened. Suddenly a voice from heaven came, Matthew 3.17. Saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Wow. You are my beloved son. God is saying to you today, in whom I am well pleased. And I'm, I'm not just using the word son. I hope, like as females, you're not offended because that word son means a mature child. In the Greek, huios is the word. doesn't mean male or female. It means a mature, distinguished child of God. You are that. Coming out of the waters of baptism, the Holy Spirit descending, a declaration upon you, giving you the badge of identity so that now from now on you can say, this is who I am. This is who I am. Are you that or have you doubted who you are? We're going to see the challenges to that identity. What happens next? The Holy Spirit drives Jesus into the wilderness for a time of fasting and prayer. 40 days, 40 nights in the wilderness. Afterwards, he's hungry. Satan comes to him with temptations. What is he tempting him? 
identity. Challenges his identity. If you are the son of God, he says, then do this. And I can guarantee you, each one of us has had our identity in God challenged in one form or another. Because as soon as that identity is given away, you give authority, you give power, you give everything that you own as, Christ, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a child of the king, you give it away. It's all in that identity. Is that true? It's all in the identity. And that's why Satan comes to take your identity. Because if you function in your identity, he is powerless. He has nothing. He has one tool, one weapon, deception, nothing else. You read your Bible, you will see that he is a liar and a father of lies. He has nothing else to speak to you about other than a lie. And he's going to lie to you so that you are convinced you are not who you think you are. And so as soon as you believe, that's it, it's gone. Until the Lord in his grace restores it and he does. So many times he has to me, he has to you. Boy, that grace is so abundantly available. If you have doubted who you are in this life today in Christ, today there's grace for you. Right now, this moment, there's grace for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray right now and, and, and pray a restoration of the declaration from heaven that says, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In you, I am well pleased. There's a beautiful psalm, one of my favorites. He says, the saints of God are the precious ones in whom is all my delight. Yeah, it's the Holy Spirit saying it, but it's ours as well. God delights in us. He's in a good mood. He's in a happy mood. He's not looking at you with anger, lurking in the corner, trying to catch you next time you do something wrong. No, he's truly, truly happy with you. He's joyful with you. You have accepted his son. The only solution in this universe, in the history of man, there's no other solution. Everything functions around this one point in history of Jesus on the cross. Nothing else matters. If you are the son of God, Satan said, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered him. It is not right. It is not. Writ it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Satan again, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. And the third one is a beauty. If you will fall down here and worship me, all of these kingdoms will be yours. Funny thing is that every one of those things that Satan tempts him with, Jesus already had. That's one of the temptations that also comes. Like in, in Adam and Eve. Did, he not, did not God say, you shall not eat? Because he knows that if you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will know good and evil and you will be like God. They were already like God. There's nothing new that Satan was giving them. Or they thought that God is holding back. That's the lie. So he says here, if you will fall down and worship me, all of these kingdoms will be yours. They're already his. But the funny thing about worship is this. It's all wrapped up in identity. Whatever you fear, you worship. Without even realizing. And this was one of Job's biggest 
challenges that the Lord corrected. Because Job himself said, that which I feared the most has come upon me. And so for another 30 or so 40 chapters, we read how God deals with it. But just stop for a moment. What do you fear? What do you fear? That which you fear, you unconsciously worship. Psalm 115 reads like this. And, and that, that thing which is not God that you're worshiping is an idol. Here's what Psalm 15, 115 says. There are, their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Noses they have, and they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feet they have, but they do not walk. Nor do they mutter through their throat. Astonishing verse comes next. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. Whatever you fear, you become like. Whatever you fear, there will be plenty of justification for that fear that Satan will supply very abundantly. Are you afraid of that? He'll say, great, you should be afraid of that. Here's the reasons why. Boom, 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 boom. And then you go, of course, you see? I should be afraid. Whereas as a child of God, you are the solution. How many times has it happened to me where somebody has come to me with a complaint and not realizing that they are the solution to the very thing that they have identified as being a problem. We all carry complaints. We all carry fears. You are the solution to the very thing that you are afraid of. You are the solution. You are God's answer to that fear. You are God's answer to that complaint. You are God's answer to the situation that you are witnessing. You are the one. You are the one. You are the one. On Friday we went through this verse in Ezekiel, what was that? Ezekiel 22.30. He says, I looked for a man to stand in the gap that I should not destroy but I found no one. All he is looking for is one person. Are you that person? Are you not that person? You are. You are that person. If we could only identify a function in the identity that we have been given, Satan's kingdom would be destroyed. Jesus said that I have come to do one thing, to destroy the works of the enemy. Yet we become comfortable with the works of the enemy around us because we see ourselves as powerless. How did we get to the point where you see yourself powerless as a child of the eternal king of kings who is infinite in power? How did you see yourself? How did you get to the point where you see yourself as powerless? How did it get to that? You lost your identity. You lost it. But today you're going to get it back. So Jesus in victory from the temptations comes out of the wilderness. He comes out. 
and he begins his ministry of the gospel of the kingdom. And this is what we read. He came out. He says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He started to gather his followers. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in the synagogue, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all kinds of sickness, all kinds of diseases among the people. Did he not command us to go, heal, raise the dead? <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is right there. It's right there. He doesn't just slap it into your chest, but he puts it out. It's within reach. It's within reach. It's at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is your story. The first four chapters, and I would say the rest of it. Don't read, if you go back and read the, the gospel again, starting from Matthew. Read it as though it's you. This is your story. Everything that Jesus did, it is expected that you would follow. Without exception. I can be as bold, and I mean, some things you might challenge, and we can debate that, that's fine. But generally speaking, everything that Jesus did, save the atonement for the sin of mankind, is your story. It's your story. If that has pricked you in your heart today, let's go before the Lord together. I want to stand there with you. Let's stand together and then I'll call Aaron up. Father, forgive us. Forgive us. For so easily giving up that precious identity that you gave to us through what Jesus did on the cross. He paid such a great price, Lord, for us to be your sons and your daughters. Today, Lord, we proclaim our faith in Jesus. I receive, repeat after me, if you've never done this before, repeat after me. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior, my only Lord and Savior. And I will not follow anyone else ever again. Give me your Holy Spirit. And make me a new person. Declare over me your pleasure. That I may know that I am your beloved son. I, I love the way Bill Johnson puts it. He says that there's, there's only one reason that God allows the enemy to tempt you because he knows you will have the victory. Amen. He knows that as soon as he lets loose Satan on you, 
that it's for his defeat, not yours. And Jesus proved it. Jesus proved it. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. His words, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. all the world Jesus said and preach the gospel to every creature he who believes and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned and these signs will follow those who believe in my name they will cast out demons clear the way there's so many sicknesses that are velcro demons that we have the authority to cast out they will speak with new tongues. The baptism of the Spirit will give you in the supernatural. It will give you a new tongue in the Spirit. Ask for it. They will take up serpents and they will drink anything deadly. It will not by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Receive, receive what the Lord has for you. Receive it. Don't go from this place. If you need someone to pray with you, come up. Come up and we'll pray for you. Don't leave until you've had that.